This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to podcast number 333. Free, free, free. It's a very what? special episode. And you have, I think you've been on the on another episode, Mr. David Krause. So David Krause founder of Rent Responsibly, co-founder of Noiseware, is with us today. And we're going to talk about the results from his survey. So, David, welcome to the show. you remember which episode you were on? I, I don't. Uh, but I will say three is my lucky number. So if I'm on episode 333, there, this better be a good episode. So I take a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pressure. But three threes, man, uh, couldn't have teed it up better. Yes, it's a it's a it's a cool number. It's a cool number. It's a little different than the one hundred or two hundred or three hundred, but it's like a third of a thousand. So you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a, an awesome podcast. I got my Barcelona scarf right behind me, uh, just to promote my uh, my lovely city over here. So I am all good to go. Uh, let's uh, let's first quickly touch on the big news of this week. Right? It seems like every week there's a there's a big news headline coming out about airbnb and this week it was that they laid off almost 2,000 people which is about 25 percent of their staff so my question to you david is what what does this mean for the outlook of the short-term rental industry so that's a great question uh you know airbnb is a bellwether and an indicator of uh, the overall health and the overall outlook of the short-term rental industry um, i think one thing really important to note about airbnb is is kind of the position they were in before covid um, they obviously one of their headlines that we were following very closely was their ambition to go public um, also some of the other let's just call it uh, legacy issues that they've been trying to tackle. There was uh, the party house and safety initiative. There's been the regulatory environment where they've invested uh, in trying to help cities and, and work out some of those details. I think that was all part and parcel of going public. And then also their other bets, let's call it. So the experiences or their hotel foray with um, hotel tonight, et cetera. And so in this announcement, we've heard uh, about their their layoffs. It was you know, a quarter of their workforce. Um, it, you know, we, we have to take that as a very, very dramatic uh, sign of where where their ambition is in, let's call it now the medium term, because in the short term, doing things like. Uh, the host fund or these uh, cancellation and uh, extenuating circumstance policy is very COVID related. But when you're making personnel decisions, especially with a, a massive personnel decision like this, you have to, it's not something you can turn back on, right? Those people will likely find other jobs. 
Um, you're shutting down large divisions of the company. Uh, I think we heard that their Airbnb studios, their hotel uh, efforts and their Lux programs are, are particularly uh, scaled back. And um, and then, you know, I think if we're if we're trying to read these very large tea leaves, right, these aren't like hieroglyphics that we can't really tell what it is. I mean, this is just a massive indicator that Airbnb thinks that there is likely a prolonged recovery period. Um, they've talked about positioning themselves as more a longer stay platform and not, quote, not a hotel or sorry, not a real estate play was what Brian Chesky said. And so I think uh, all of us around the, the uh, you know, the big ocean liner that is Airbnb and our small speedboats trying to position ourselves and, and pivot quickly, I think we, we need to now think in the medium term as well, and hopefully m- most of us have been already, and think about where we're going to be you know, 6, 12, 18, 24 months from now, as opposed to just immediately after, let's say, shelter in place is lifted. Um, so, you know, it's a big, a big, uh, indication of the, uh, recovery curve that I think Airbnb is probably modeling. And they realize that they would just be, uh, they may not make it unless they made these cuts. I think that's, they wouldn't have made the cuts otherwise. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think Airbnb it has always had this, this theme of belonging, right? And I, I don't know. Did you read that the letter that uh, Brian Chesky sent to his employees? By any chance? I, I I think I did. I read something. I think it's just what you're talking about. Yeah. So I I read that letter, and uh, you know he. I, I mean, this is obviously a decision that he didn't make light lighthearted, um, or I should say, him and the and the management team. Um, I I heard they closed down the the Barcelona office as well. Uh, so. You know, and that's a big office they had over here. Um, so, uh, so in order for them to make that decision, they they really must be in some some serious trouble, and they must be uh, they must have a pretty uh, uh, negative out, outlook for you know at least like rest of the year, right? As you mentioned, uh, the last thing you know, letting go of people is a is a something of a last resort, right? So, um, I, I definitely it definitely made me think, you know. For them to do that, they must really see uh, some data that probably we don't see, um, and uh, you know that doesn't doesn't bode well for for the future um, for for Airbnb. Um, quickly before we dive into the survey, what, what do you think about the online experiences that they launched? Well, I don't have a strong opinion, which also might represent my opinion in and of itself, in that that it's you know, it's an irrelevant positioning that I think is really targeted at a, a completely different audience than me. I mean, I, by way of background, I was a short, I am a short-term rental owner, host manager, uh, like I'm sure many of the listeners. Um, and so I first identify as a short-term rental owner host, right? And we provide, we use our real estate to share with others. And, and it's really, uh, hospitality and management operation to think that there is a large crossover across, um, yeah, crossover between hosts and experience providers or hosts and experience travelers. 
I mean, it, it might as well be a different business. The only connection that I can see is the name Airbnb. And I, I get it. It's almost like, what else are they going to do? Because you can't do it in person. Um, I, I don't really have a strong opinion about the success or what the indication is, other than I, I frankly don't even really care. Got it. Okay. Well, that's a very clear answer. All right. Let's dive into the survey. You, you managed to get almost 1,500 people to fill out a survey, which is definitely worth a, let's say, an, an air horn. Let's do an air horn. Can I do the air horn or are you putting on uh, a control? I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but that's incredible uh, to get 1,500 people to fill out a survey. That is an incredible uh, achievement. So congratulations. And that really enables you to give us a, a very good overview of what people are doing. Uh, so I'm excited to dive into in, dive into this. So please share share those results with us. Share the insights. Sure. So let me take a step back uh, and just describe why we did a survey um, and the approach there. So. Uh, Rent Responsibly is an advocacy uh, company that is focused on building a sustainable future for the short-term rental industry. We have our stakeholder members are people that are hosts, owners, managers, cleaners, um, even folks like the, the coffee shop owners and the other people who really are involved or, or we consider themselves stakeholders within the short-term rental ecosystem and our goal is to have a seat at the proverbial table where decisions are made about the future of short-term rentals so that could be in uh, community groups or in city halls where they're making rules and regulations etc and as, before we set out to do the survey a lot of our conversations came to a point where they said, okay, I, I understand that, let's say, uh, somebody has started taking in frontline medical workers, right? We, we were doing these stories and building out a narrative about what the short-term rental industry was doing in light of COVID. And everybody was saying, okay, I get the story, right? One of the short-term rental legends, uh, Steve Patterson in Philadelphia, was featured uh, for his work hosting cancer patients because they couldn't go to where they normally would be housed. And that's a really important story to tell. But the question was, is this a story or is this an indication of a larger trend? So our ambition was to put data that would either confirm or deny that there was a trend or what trends were forming in the COVID environment in, in, in short-term rentals. And so we, there was no data to say, you know, X number of people had hosted a COVID related guest or X number of people had to do layoffs or X number of people called their state or local government. Right. So these are really important pieces of information that we couldn't otherwise have. And so we partnered with the VRMA, Vacation Rental Management Association and AirDNA to get this data and and then be able to talk about it and, and say, you know, this isn't just a story, but this story is important. This is actually part of a longer and larger narrative. <clears throat> so I know that might have been a little bit longer of a, of a framing, but I really think it's important for people to know that we have to contribute our own stories and then put it into data sets so we can communicate it to other people like rule makers and legislators and whatnot so they understand our industry better. 
I think we've done that. I really do. So we set out to get 400 responses and we got 1,422, which is a lot more than 400. It was, uh, we just saw this massive interest in contributing uh, and taking the survey. And so here's, here's some of the high level results, Jasper, and thank you for having me on to share this. Um, we looked at three distinct uh, storylines or, or buckets. The first was how many people have adjusted to COVID with either their processes or their reservation uh, parameters and what impact was that having? Two was the financial and uh, employment impact. How many people have either reduced their own salary or had to let people go or furlough or part-time or shut down altogether? And then the last piece was really an advocacy and engagement measure. How many people are actually proactively calling their uh, representatives and letting them know, hey, you know, here's what we're doing or here's where we need guidance or here's where we need, you know, uh, framework and help. Um, so I think I've three I've pulled out three statistics that I think are most telling and most interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, bear with me if they don't make sense right away, because I've, I'd be happy to answer any questions from you, Jasper. So the most interesting statistic I saw was that 56, and this is on the uh, reactions to COVID from a business standpoint, 56% of people have, as indicated by themselves, temporarily shut down their short-term rental uh, activity. So whether that's one owner or we've seen a lot of the urban operators, you know, basically say we're taking two months off um, and, and different reactions like that. But if you think about that, that's basically half the industry is now, as they indicated, temporarily suspending operations. And that means half these people are going to be ready to go. Maybe they're rebuilding their marketing or they're uh, working with partners and, and develop, you know, switching software, doing whatever they need to do to get stronger and better for the future. But temporarily, only 2% say that they've permanently shut down. So I think that that contrast really shows that there's a lot of faith towards coming back later, but there's a massive amount of people on the sideline and, and roughly 50% of the industry if you just use it as a proxy. I think that's hugely indicative. It also should give people comfort if they've done that, that they're not alone. Same thing in that vein of how people have reacted. Those that have kept up, 55% of people have taken a COVID-related reservation. So that could be somebody who needed to isolate or just get away from grandma. It could be a medical frontline worker. It could be a distressed or stranded traveler. It could be somebody who uh, just wanted to um, find a home outside of an urban environment. That is massive, right? If you think about it, nobody before COVID had taken these types of reservations, but this had to do with pivots in marketing and uh, just responding to the demand that was created the moment COVID hit. And the, the stories that really I think are most powerful are how we've been part of, we being the short-term rental industry, have been part of this uh, really, really important essential housing block, right? People who are on the front lines you know, the traveling nurses, the, the FEMA employees, other people like that just needed medium and long-term housing. And we have filled the void. We filled that need 
we have to be proud of that. We have to share that. I think as we go forward um, to, to advocate for our industry, that's really, really important. And the last piece, which uh, if, if anybody knows me, I, I get really excited by what most people get really bored by. And I get really excited about this conversation about how do we figure out how to work with cities and advocate for ourselves and really um, push our, our own interests in, the, in our own story which is to say we are the future of hospitality. We are in every community. We are already your neighbors. We're entrepreneurs. We're, we're employers. We're compliant. We're trying our best. We need to work better with cities. And 87% of people responded in our survey with either I'm already involved actively or I'm interested in getting involved or keep me informed so I can get involved at the right time. And that is just that basically said and if you take out that last one which was just keep me informed it's about 50 percent so i think that this is the revolution is that the people who kind of sat back and listed and, and saw the cash flow and it was easy and other people were going to tell the city how we do our, our uh our you know responsible operations and things those days are over. We now need to be more active and engaged. And that's what Rent Responsibly as a platform is built to do. And so all these data points really give me a lot, a lot of hope for the future. But I don't think it's going to come all that quickly and it's not going to come without work. Uh, one question about the respondents to your, to your survey. Uh, do you have any geographical information? So the, the survey was all U.S., it was only U.S., and we do have breakouts, or we can make regional breakouts, but right now we're looking at it as a, a national survey. Got it. Okay, yeah. So you're saying um, 56%, just to recap, 56% is temporarily shut down. Um, have you noticed uh, that in urban cities it's, it's higher and in uh, smaller markets it's lower or not? So we, that's a great question. We did, we did ask that. So we were able to slice the data in the future. Um, I hope is my connection. Okay. I hope it is. But anyways, um, basically the, the urban environment, and this is from other people's data for the most part has, has just been decimated. I think it was down 80% rel relatively instantly. Um, and some people have said between, you know, 80 and 95%. I think the uh, indicators there, are the uh, larger operators in in the urban environments have, have truly shut down. Some of the smaller ones that were able to find niches of demand have really, I think, filled that demand. Um, but on the leisure and they call it the the ski and sand uh, markets, you know, beaches and mountain homes um, and lakes and, and, and those sort of uh, properties are really actually uh, seeing the this uh, most um, the most early indicators of life and I think we've started to see uh, increasing bookings that are happening within that 30-day window the proximate 30-day window which is an indicator of people saying I don't think that I'll be restricted from traveling in the next 30 days which is you know if you're looking at consumer confidence that's a really good indicator that folks are getting more comfortable uh traveling again but you know i think this has been well covered it's going to be drive to markets it's going to be um a lot of in-state and relatively local travel 
And so, you know, basically barring flights and, and then virtually no international travel. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I was on a webinar earlier with uh, Logify and Price Labs and all the rooms, and they shared a, a bunch of data. One little light at the end of the tunnel that they shared uh, was that bookings uh, for more than 60 days out uh, are, are starting, to, starting to recover a little bit. Uh, so there mm -hmm. is some uh, there's some light at the end of that tunnel, uh, but you know one of the things that I've been kind of preaching is you know we have to go from host to entrepreneur, and what I mean by that is you know back in the day I mean when I started in 2012 um, we were we were allowed to be kind of lazy uh, because you could just <laughs> list on Airbnb and you get you know a ton of bookings you know so. You know, I, I never had that mentality of, oh, now I'm listing on Airbnb and I'm an entrepreneur. I need to get involved with local, you know, advocacy and like, you know, start start hitting different marketing channels um, and start hustling like any other entrepreneur would do, would do. Right. I mean, if you start any type of business, if you just if you just set it up and then sit back and, and wait for the customers to come to you, uh, then you're not going to be in business very long. Uh, but as a short-term rental host, we've kind of had that privilege that we were able to to kind of have that mindset and still be able to do fairly well. But I think now we have to all consider ourselves entrepreneurs. And I think uh, being involved in the local community and, you know, being concerned about what are the regulations, how can I influence the regulations, how can I get involved in the uh, advocacy is is part of that. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I think that you said it well, like going from a host to an entrepreneur is is a, is for most people might might like as a label like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing this business on the side. But entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Right. This is a problem we have never faced. It is bigger than anything that we we have faced. If you faced other problems and it ultimately will be what separates you know the 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 people who can make it or the people who can't you know the cream is going to rise to the top and for many people they're probably going to walk away um which which means that when we come out of this there is going to be uh, a subset of who was there before that weathered the storm pivoted developed better processes you know figured out their niche in the world, different marketing channels. And, you know, your, your phrases work for me. I called it people were, have been uh, relatively drunk on the cash flow, right? If it's like, if you list it, they will come feel the dreams, right? Like if you build it, they will come. And right now there is no travel. There really is no uh, a real pulse or, or heartbeat that we've all relied on to like pump the travelers uh, throughout the world. And, and then there's also this, uh, change in, uh, process and standards that's going on. So just this week, um, VRMA, the U S travel association, and then, uh, VRBO put out their cleaning and, and hospitality guidelines. Airbnb indicated they would uh, last week, but they haven't released them yet. And that, uh, idea of standards and protocols that we're going to all have to adopt to meet the COVID, the necessities of the COVID moment. I mean, look, 
we should be like, yes, this is great. This is this is a very good uh, progress, progressive step in our evolution as an industry towards getting around. What does it mean to be uh, responsible? Right back to back to you know the idea of rent responsibly is to create a sustainable future for our industry. We have to embrace these types of changes, lean into them get ourselves involved in groups and networks that we maybe uh, had avoided or not thought were for us before, because ultimately we are going to shape and craft the future of our industry. And I'll I'll even loop it back, uh, Jasper, if you'll let me to that first question of what does it mean that Airbnb has laid off a quarter of their uh, employees? I mean, ultimately that, that just means Airbnb is, is reacting, but I mean, they're hurting. They're in a diminished position to, you know, create the whole future around us. You know, I'm curious who's working on their version, a better version, a different version, a niche version of the Airbnb platform right now. You know, the proverbial entrepreneur in their garage tinkering and working this out. You know, there's a plenty of billion dollar companies that are getting built in garages right now. And I would challenge the listeners to think, what am I working on? Maybe it's not the next Airbnb, but it doesn't have to be. But, you know, this is a a regroup, a reset and an opportunity if you look at it that way. And I'm in it for the long haul. I know you are, Jasper, and uh, many of the listeners are, too. And we should be um, we should be aggressive and excited and embrace this change in a way that, you know, if you do and you succeed, you know, this will re- travel will return and, and the strong will survive. Hi, everybody. It's Margot Schmorak. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. We are so happy to be sponsoring this podcast with Jasper in hopes that it helps you during this challenging time. Hostfully helps 17,000 property managers around the world with property management software and digital guidebooks. And even in the midst of these hard times, we're seeing our customers get creative. I thought you might like to hear a few stories from them. One of our customers who's based outside of New York City is changing their rental model and shifting to long-term stays. And despite many cancellations, she was able to get a two-month booking in one of her rentals. Another customer took advantage of this time to do some poignant email marketing, emphasizing that they thoroughly cleaned the rental after every guest and also implementing a 48-hour waiting period to protect future guests from any potential harm. To hear more stories like these and prepare yourself for this very low, but hopefully very short season, please go to hostfully.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're excited to hear from you. Be well. You know, one question uh, I wanted to ask you as well is, uh, you know, Airbnb has laid off so many so many people right now. Obviously, obviously Airbnb will, has being in a very, very tricky situation. I mean, I cannot imagine that Brian Chesky has slept more than a few hours a night uh, over the last couple of months. Um, but at the same time, there there's a lot of criticism towards Airbnb on how they've handled the this whole this whole crisis, right? The decisions they've made, a lot of hosts feel that the decisions that they made were in favor of the guests. A lot of hosts feel like let down by Airbnb. Um, and, and so there's a lot of criticism. And my question to you is, what, what, what do you think that Airbnb has managed this situation well? Or do you agree with the, with the criticism? You know, that's a good question. And I, I really, you know, I sympathize with the folks that have to make these decisions. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to comment on, on how, you know, I'll leave that to other folks. And frankly, history will judge that. Uh, what Airbnb has chosen to do. 
I, I think that uh, where I would look in terms of that, you know, reflection on Airbnb is that, you know, we we I think as an industry by and large have been very reliant on the larger companies um, and Airbnb being probably the most uh, the foremost one to provide bookings and, and provide guests. The ecosystem has dramatically changed and even the types of guests and types of reservations have changed as you know indicated by um, our survey when it comes out you'll see a lot of information there so I, I would almost just take it as you know if you feel betrayed by Airbnb if you feel like Airbnb didn't properly handle these things you know I would instead of spending time getting wrapped around the axle yelling and screaming at, at you know a customer service agent or railing on them online, you know, think about what you're doing to, to improve and create a more autonomous future for yourself. I mean, part of it is that we need to uh, create more durable businesses that aren't so thrown around when a, a cancellation policy changes or, or something bad happens. I mean, you know, the one thing I know that's for sure is this won't be the only crisis that our, the world faces in my lifetime. And so we have to be building in um, a little more thoughtful b uh, business decision making, all of us, around uh, what are the lessons we're taking and how, um, what kind of footing we're putting our businesses on, uh, given that, you know, every business is going to make decisions and we can't be over overly reliant on any one partner. Appreciate that, man. I fully agree with that. Uh, I was I was on this webinar earlier, and one of the things that I shared there was, you know, like there's you can't change the circumstances. Like we can't control COVID nineteen. We can control the economy. We know that there's going to be crises, as you as you said. Uh, what we can control is how we respond to it. And you know, I think if I look back on my life, I think you know the way that you respond to things is actually has a bigger influence on your future than what actually the circumstances are, right? And oftentimes you can look back in your life and, and sometimes the what you consider to be a, a crisis uh, can actually in the future prove to be something positive, right? So, um, you know, to speak with uh, Steve Jobs, you can't connect the dots uh, in the future. You can only connect, them, connect the dots uh, in the past. And, uh, you know, this, this is something that he shared on, the, on his famous uh, commencement speech Stanford commencement speech 2008. It's one of the best speeches I've ever seen in my life. If you haven't watched it, Google it on YouTube. Steve Jobs commencement speech Stanford 2008. Uh, it's uh, about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. It's, I've watched it like 10 times. Anyway, I'm going, going off on a tangent here, but but you know I think it's right. You know we uh, we have to think. You know how how well, how can we use this crisis to improve? How can we use this crisis to uh, to grow stronger? Right. Because, you know, there's there's a lot of sayings around this, like, you know, like a, in, in order to become like an expert sailor, you have to go through at least one storm. Um, and, and, you know, I can I can really see how this crisis is is helping us grow because you have to you have to think outside of the box. Right. Uh, you have to think, like, what can I do to to get customers? What can I do to adapt to this new uh, circumstances? Because you can't just you can't just do what you've been doing essentially right so you know just to get just to share a quick example uh you know like i've been i've been looking into how can i contact my past guests and it turns out 
you know, my business partner has like over a thousand emails, right? I've never thought of even asking him about that. Uh, and, and now, you know, and now I, I do. So it's, it's really pushing us to think outside of the box and to do the things that we, we usually wouldn't do. So in that sense, uh, I always like to think, you know, what, what kind of positive things can, can we take away from what happens to, what happens uh, to us or as Tony Robbins would say, what happens for us? Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, when, when you think about the future, whether it's immediate, you know, we're, we're dealing, there's a kind of crisis management, which happened uh, and is and in some respects is still happening. And I, I call that the, the shell shock moment, right? Like you're like, oh, what do I do? You know, like bank accounts have drained and, and I have no demand. And what are these policies and how do I get a PPP loan and all this stuff? And eventually, and I think we're kind of turning the corner into this next phase where it's like regroup, re-strategize and go. Because if you're kind of, if you're not thinking about six months from now yet, I suggest to start thinking about what is the core value? What is my real unique proposition that my business is able to offer the world. And a lot of the times for short-term rental folks, it's, it, it's an internal question. Like, what do I care about, right? Do I want to be involved in uh, hosting maybe international travelers because I you know, have connections to a different country and I'm going to start marketing to international travelers? Or if you're near a hospital and you have discovered that there's demand around medical travel or you know things of that nature, you, you just really have to use a different lens and then uh, and then create that future for yourself. So the the phrase, you know, there's plenty of phrases, and I think I think the meme game memes have been just like off the charts good since COVID. So I think if there's one legacy of COVID, it's that like if you don't if you don't come up with some fire memes by the end of uh, COVID, you got to work on that. But you know, the uh, phrase and, and quote that I like the most is my you know personal idol hero is Abe Lincoln. I'm not the only one, but he, he said that the best way to create the future or sorry, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So if you want to, you know, like the, the one thing about our community that is just so invigorating to me every day is that it's a community of problem solvers. We do not sit around uh, by and large and see a problem and not solve it. And that's because we, many of us came into this, uh, to this industry and community like you, Jasper, 2012, I was 2013 and I was just trying to solve a problem of, I needed somebody to rent my apartment for a month. And that has led me on this, you know, incredible journey. Right. And, uh, but that, that mentality of like, I'm just trying to solve a problem and then you, you know, like you said with Steve Jobs, like these dots start happening and then you connect them in hindsight. And, you know, this is a, a very big dot, if you will, uh, in everybody's journey. But if you don't know where you're going, you're, you're you know, you, you're lost already. And so building a roadmap to get there um, is really critical. And, and, you know, I'll just lastly touch on Rent Responsibly again. Rent Responsibly is built because... There are so many unsolved problems in the uh, in the regulatory environment, the advocacy environment, and the standards. And, and when we all put our voices and our energy together, where are we directing that energy? 
And I think there's uh, a lot, a big case to be made that now is the time, if you haven't already gotten involved in that larger uh, creation of the future of this industry, um, now is the right time. So if you go to rentresponsibly.org and sign up, you will automatically be in that conversation because that is the conversation that we've, we're creating the table and having other people pull up their chairs to it. Um, partnering with a lot of large organizations inside and outside of, of the short-term rental industry. And, you know, if we're relying on Airbnb and the other platforms to, to craft our future for us, I mean, you know, to that question earlier, we, we can't let that happen and we have a, a stronger voice when we're together. So uh, this really is a time to get involved and start mapping the future. We're going to create a sustainable future for ourselves. And then you brought up uh, Abraham Lincoln, one of his one of my favorite quotes is apparently it's from him, but you, you never know with these quotes, you know, because, yeah. you, you know, you think it's from by somebody, but then it turns out that that person stole it from somebody else. But um, I'm just going to assume this is actually uh, his original quote. And it goes, I don't walk fast, but I never walk backwards. Yes, I love that. was a quote that I, I think it was in my apartment in Taiwan. I can't remember exactly, but I have a trivia question for you. Are you down for sure. uh, quiver? Quivia trivia question to uh, to finalize this episode. As long as I get it right and don't look like a moron. All right, cool. So it's it's the re the reason I bring it up, by the way, is because it relates to Abraham uh, Lincoln. So where does the word lobbyist come from? I actually know that one. Um, it, it's it's folks who stood in the lobby and uh, caught politicians as they were walking through. So they, they became known as lobbyists because they would hang out in the lobby. Is that right? That is 100% right. I'm going to give you a, an applause. That is right. Well done, Mr. Dave Krause. Uh, actually, I'm going to have to be honest here. I wasn't sure if you were going to know that. Well, let me give you a party noise as well then. <laughs> boom, boom. You win nothing, by the way. <laughs> nice. Your love and you friendship win, is all I ask. You win uh, a free the free audio uh, of this of this podcast. I'll, I'll send oh, it nice! <laughs> I actually I have a short term rental legends shirt, and I uh, I think that was a, that's enough for me. I one one shirt, and I'm good. I'm a t shirt guy. <laughs> and Jonas is uh, commenting. Uh, he says, uh, staged, <laughs> nope, <that's laughs> nice. I, uh, completely made that up, but, uh, but yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, David was uh, at both our SCR legends event, the first one in Puerto Rico, the second one in Cartagena in Colombia. I'm still blown away by this whole idea that just a couple months ago, we were all in, in Cartagena staying at a, a, a 16th century mansion. Uh, and we were uh, we were having a, an incredible time with an amazing group of people. There was about 25 of us. It's crazy how quickly things can change and how quickly you get used to it as well. Because, you know, when I think of a group of 25 people being really close together, uh, immediately, like, my I get kind of like a weird association where I'm like, hey, wait, that's, that's, that's wrong. Isn't that wrong? Isn't that yeah. not allowed? Uh, it's crazy how quickly we get used to uh, to this stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I hope, uh, unfortunately, we can't do another Legends right now. I mean, not for the foreseeable future, but we're doing a digital version of it. So that's, yeah. uh, that's exciting as well. And, and again, any crisis opens up uh, new opportunities as well. So 
Anyway, uh, we got to wrap this up, David, but uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Always really interesting to hear your uh, your opinion and your thoughts. Do you any any final words you want to share with the audience? Uh, actually, I, I don't. I have a show and tell. If we can take it back to kindergarten, I'd like to just do one quick show and tell before we go. I keep this on my desk. If you can see it, it's a small model of a Ford Model T. And the reason I do is that when this Ford Model T rolled off the assembly line, there were no rules of the road. And they had to get created after the fact. And so what we're on a mission to do, I think collectively in the short-term rental community, is create the rules of the road that will allow us to drive uh, the economy and drive our own individual entrepreneurial spirit in long into the future. And uh, it's a bright, bright future we have. Um, hard to see it clearly right now. But uh, another quote that I love is, is that, it, you know, if you're going to go through hell, just keep going because you will get out the other side. I think that's FDR. Um, anyways, lots of quotes, lots of memes, lots of Ford Model Ts and, and surveys. So it's a good day today here, uh, here to share with you, Jasper. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, man. Uh... I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. David Kraus, the founder of Rent Responsibly, co-founder of Noiseware. And to all the listeners, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Of course, there's going to be another one on Monday. And if you want to watch this live and comment and ask questions and stuff, you can join the Airbnb Profit Club. Uh, we do these podcasts live every Monday and Thursday at 10 a.m. PST. That is a 1 p.m. Eastern time. And in a lot of different other times, depending on where you are. But uh, <laughs> those are the most common ones for our listeners in the United States. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for commenting. Thank you, John, Jeff, Toby, Matt, Courtney, myself, <laughs> and, uh, and Max. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks for commenting. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.